episode 136 and it's me Gary P and of course that Prof Car Riley we're back we are back and we're still sponsored by the wonderful Ocean Electrical who are there for all your electrical needs and uh, give us a show so we can get some sort of commission out of it so check them out they are fantastic guys great for all your electrical needs so yeah we're going to discuss the games with AC Milan Waterford this past week and look ahead to Dundalk and Oriel Park on Sunday this is the game I picked out I think at the start of the season Prof I said it'd be pivotal and uh, it's a game I am disgusted I'm going to miss. So uh, we also have an interview with Raphael Franceschini and the Rovers videographer who's originally from Brazil, but he's become a fan of the club and he's enveloped in the Rovers way of life now, as we say. Yeah, he's bought in, isn't he? He's totally, totally bought in. Not as cool as our biggest success story, which is Aussie Ney. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we are here and a day late, but not a dollar short, Prof. No, I was far this would never happen. It's, it's, this is the first ever Friday morning show where there's actually been a match in the week. Although the match isn't until Sunday, so it's not too bad. But yeah, things just went against us this week. So sorry to disappoint people who wanted it on the Thursday, but that's how it happened. I won't be apologising, Prof. They're getting the goods eventually. <laughs> They're getting the goods. So AC Milan and Teleprof, massive, massive game. Two changes from the starting lineup against Cork with Neil Ferruja coming in for the injured Danny Lafferty, which is a big loss, I thought. And with Joey O'Brien playing instead of the suspended Liam Scales, so Joey bestowing his knowledge on the younger players in the team. And um, yeah, I was surprised that Danny, I thought he's the farm man at the moment, so uh, I, I could only imagine he was disgusted to not playing a game of this caliber. Well, I think he would have started, wouldn't he? Aye, definitely. Not for the, the injury beforehand. So the build up, prof, we'd. Uh, well, even the build up, there's massive a massive build up. There's a lot to talk about here, even, isn't there? Huge. I mean, you've got just everything in general. It's like the actual pictures of Zlatan, and I mean, they didn't mm-hmm. have these barriers up for the Ilves game. They didn't have the black, the blacked out barriers for the Ilves game. So it was all a step above. Yeah. I wonder who decides that. Actually, is it Milan? I think Milan. Do they send in a memo and they're like, "Okay, guys, this is what we need." Is it? Is this what we need? Is this what we're uh, required to have? I mean, do we, do we want more privacy? Maybe it's a as you go on through the stages in the Europa League games. Maybe that's required. I'm not too sure, but um, there was plenty of fans. I was always trying to grab a grab a little sneak peek. Yeah, there was a massive perimeter, and uh, as you say, there was kids in around the bus stop, kind of standing up trying to get a peek over to, uh, for the Milan coach when they arrived and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, there's bits, bits and bobs to talk about. Like, uh, did you see the ad that was played? The club's TV ad. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. 
That was pretty cool. A uh, nice little cameo from a certain media whore. <laughs> this is the famous Jack Bird. <laughs> oh, if, if only they had to put in the Joel yeah. Constrant. That would have been better. So, if he, if so he had made it as a superstar <laughs> with us. I, honestly, I'll never forget the look. I remember thinking to myself, like, Joel, I think he was coming on or coming off. And I'm thinking to myself, lovely, here it comes. And when I said it, Rochi looks over. I think James Nolan was with him, Mark Lynch, all looking over going, what the fuck is he doing? I'll never forget the look. Plugging the show at halftime and everything was great. So you were on the PA when Jack scored the first goal, was it? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't think so. Don't think so. Don't think it would have been his first goal. It could have been. I don't know. That's a good start, actually. We'll find out what the game was. Was it Sligo? I can't remember what stage of the season it was. I think it might have been Sligo. Yeah. Yeah, so the, it was a National Public Health Guidelines with Jack. So it was good. It was nice. It was one of those kind of mm. epic type slow videos. So a bit more low key than his previous advert with the the arrival and the limo and all that. Oh yeah. Oh man, cringe. Talk <laughs> about cringe. Oh man. Yeah. So uh, yeah, loads loads of stuff and obviously the Paddy Power advertisements displayed in the stadium as well. And this was a absolute shit show. This totally um, passed me by. I just did not read any of it. I don't I don't think I cared because I just thought to myself, the only thing that I thought to myself was we're getting a few quid for it. We're, we're subsidising our lack of gate money. So I just thought to myself, I don't care. I was actually soaking it up. I was hooking it to my veins, all the hatred. I was thinking to myself, do you know what? This is great. I don't care. You have Paddy Power who sponsored St. Pat's not too long ago. St. Pat's fans are out the woodwork giving us loads about it. They were their short sponsors not too long ago. Mr. Green, they sponsor Bowes. These guys are all hypocrites when they're coming down to criticising us mm. and saying, oh, well, we shouldn't have a betting uh, magnet display banners all over the st- all over the chairs. Give it a rest. Money's money. We need to get it in. Everybody else takes money off these betting companies. Fuck them. And then you get barristers weighing in as well, worried that we'll uh, embarrass the league. The league which they themselves turn their back on. And have no interest in. They don't get a say in this at all. No. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I missed all the... the the like the the outrage or whatever it was, because once I just thought about it, I thought, hang on, you wait for regulations. They're very strict in advertisements. This will come down before the game. Mm. So once I thought that, I was like, right, I don't care actually now. Yeah, they were never going to see yeah. the light of television. You could say they yeah. weren't going to be advertised. So they got what they wanted. They got their cheap mm. thrill, their uh, their bit of exposure. They got people talking, and they got gobshites like me putting twenty quid on a Rovers win. <laughs> so. There you go. By the way, you're you were dead right about John O'Sullivan. He he is obsessed with Roberts. Yep. Told you. Because uh It's he, the little bitter turns and twists of phrases, isn't it, that eventually they throw out there and you just go and then you nail him and you're like, you know what? You fucking hate us. Yeah, I think James James Lowe sums it up perfectly. That like people like John and another guy who was gone mad on Twitter, like it's people like them who gave Paddy Power exactly what they wanted. They were outraged. They yeah. gave a betting public company publicity that they craved more than we could ever give them. Mm. They did it themselves, so well yeah. done. That's it, well done, lads. But listen, like we said, we uh, we saw an opportunity, grabbed them with both hands, and we said, you know what, we're going to make a few quid. And we did. So happy enough for that. And I couldn't give a fuck what anybody else says. And that's the way it should be. We should just focus on Rovers, and that's it. They were cringe, you know. I mean, oh, the, they were the awful. jokes were terrible. They were awful. They were, and they were made awful on purpose because they yeah. wanted to be talked about. I think they must have picked the the least senior I'm going to say something else there what I want but they must have picked the, like, the least senior guy in the whole mm. bit, just to say okay give us the worst phrases and catchphrases you can come up come up with about Tala and he came up with them they were terrible 
But then we move on to the even better ones, though. We had some really good ones with Pajo, and of course, yeah. Well, I wouldn't even say these were good either. Uh, they were funny, though. It's better than that. It's, it, I thought the little dig at balls at the end was pretty cool. So a team black and red finally beat Rovers. I don't know. I don't think Pajo worked when you're feeding him lions. You just got to let Pajo be Pajo. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe but so. He does have lots of experience with Aberystwyth, Gary, as we know, because... Uh, as everyone knows, he invented the classic Coca-Cola Christmas ad. Yeah, it's, yeah, mm. and it just happened. They just happened to be the uh, biggest selling franchise in Ireland for the last sixteen years, and he just happens to be in the job yeah. sixteen years. That's, that's an amazing story, isn't it? <laughs> it's like Mr. Coca-Cola himself. He should tell us when he makes his third appearance in the podcast mm. someday. Busy man, isn't he? What do they get when they make a th- when they make a third appearance? Have we discussed this? But Maloney's thinking might. Be the only one to appear in Johnny Blues three times. I don't think he's got that yet. The golden bag of cans, maybe. Yeah. The Pat Finn's a busy man, isn't he? Delivering T-shirts to fans' doors personally. Sam McDerry got his one there the other day. It was excellent. Carl Cairns as well got one as well. What a service! Excellent little touch. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty much it. We talked about the security and the heightened security that what it was. And it was a great little story that Maloney told us. Uh, about a fan who sneaked into the ground at around 4 o'clock kick off was 7 and he said he was a rubbish collector he had the the council yeah. gear on as well didn't he and he got in when RT were bringing in their cables and uh, he shows a picture of him and he's just there dressed up as like a, as a bin man and it was the wrong council as well it was Dublin City Council <laughs> as far as I know what an absolute yeah. legend chance are supreme fair play to him he got in but uh like I said, there's a lot to talk about, even the build-up. We even made Waterford Whispers. No way. You know, you, you, that? You know you've made it when you've yeah, made it. Yeah, love the whispers myself. It was a total, like, opposite of, re- of reality article. Like, you know, Milan or the plucky underdogs <laughs> looking to take on the mighty Shamrock Rovers, that sort of thing. LOI Weekly was all Rovers in the build-up. Did you hear that one? Very, very high. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. I did. it did. Who, who were the guests? Well, it was, it was mostly... Uh, Johnny Ward was at Tala for the press conference and he interviewed Berkey and... Uh, yeah, I got that one, I got that one. And Jack Byrne and Bradley. Also, can but, I just mention that I love Dan McDonald's uh, cutting down of Johnny Ward every so often. You ever notice that? He just totally yeah. swipes him down. It's fucking brilliant. It's funny you brought this up because <laughs> I'm sometimes loving it. And now, at the end of, of, of each show, not every every week, but it's happened a couple of times, Johnny just, he doesn't end the show. And he just starts waffling on again. And Dan McDonald has to come in. I was like, no, we're done, Johnny, we're done. End, end the show now. <laughs> I love it. That's like me at every live show we've done. You're still waffling away. And I'm like, Gary, just Absolutely end. full of soup. Just end the Just want to talk and talk. <laughs> so, that, so I'm going to take uh, Dan's cue and just shout at you to end the show. From mm. So we'll move on you to heard, the football. You heard this week's, did you? Uh, yeah, um, I thought it was very good. Graham, Graham, Gar- Garland. Graham Garland was excellent. Spoke really well, and I only I should have known, but he's been our fifteens coach, and he was really good. Did fantastic work before he went to Scotland to coach, but as our um, community officer, so it's great mm. to have him back. And he's back um, with our fifteens now. Yeah, really, really top guy, and listen to him all day. So fantastic. Maybe, maybe one for the future to get him on. And one more note on the build up. Uh, a lot of fans are praising Milan for how they treated Rovers on social media like it was a lot of respect even did a Rovers quiz on their Instagram page their Instagram page was yeah. absolutely brilliant all for the past for the two days three days that they yeah. were there 
they did a tour around Dublin. They um, did a tour around Talla. They had all sorts of cool stuff. So they went obviously went in for a walk around the city centre and Stevens' Green, and they just did a really, really classy sh- show and showed a lot of Rover stuff as well. And you'd think this would be a given, but they call us Rovers every single time. Love it. I mean, if you were to go back to all these European games, I'd say all of them called us Shamrock. I noticed as well, I was... Um, I made a brief cameo on ESPN on an article and of course Sligo fan wrote it and she just happened to squeeze in the fact that we are Shamrock so I I, uh, I aired my grievances with her I let her know how I felt about her I hope so it was a it was a hatchet job on myself so before the Milan match I mean the pitch just looked immaculate didn't it unbelievable best it's ever been best it's ever been without a shadow of there was a big shout out to all the linesmen, the linesmen out to the, the groundsmen and the rovers lads as well so that extra bit of love and TLC went into it reminds me of how people often say Milltown used to look like a snooker table it was the best I've ever seen it yeah. really was I love the Jack Byrne ad because uh, we had the LED displays around pitch side <laughs> and you just, you just see Jack's head pop up <laughs> and uh, Ocean Electrical heavily featured uh, our fantastic sponsors in the LED yeah. Do you like the the European uh, jerseys with the white and the back? Love them, absolutely love them. I think they're really, really nice. Something different. Hopefully, they end up being available to buy. But I think it's deadly, and it has to be because it's hard to read. But uh, yeah, really, really like them. Now, what about you? Yeah, I think it was class. Really like that. So yeah, no, uh, the build up is huge. So we're having a great crack. Just even contemplating the fact that we're even going to be playing these guys, and then we start the game and. Out of nowhere, we're we're trying to play ball, and Jack makes one of these amazing runs through the middle, and there's people flailing at him, grabbing him, trying to get a hold, (laughs) and he slots the ball at the green. And Green has the confidence to take it on first time, and tests Don Aroma down to his left, and he really did test him. He had to get a strong hand on it. This was a very good save. Fucking BFG in the goal. You see the size of this fella. Absolute mountain. (laughs) Mountain of a bloke. We'll we'll talk about the the fin header. Uh, in a bit but like <laughs> it was it was a decent header from Finn and like, Don Roma just gobbles it up like it's just like yoink anyone any other keeper tips that over the bar I know and makes a camera save where he just goes <laughs> takes, takes it in it was just ridiculous he's a monster of a yeah. bloke I reckon there's some sort of procedure for footballers in that bracket of mm-hmm. like welt where they have some way of extending their height and you just get dragged like ropes tied yeah. to your legs and your arms they're too they're too big and, and muscly man they're just on another level aren't they Zlatan as well obviously is massive and like you just, you just look at him like when Pico would be standing beside him like Pico's not short by any means no and like you just making him look small like even when I was when they were matching up and for corners and stuff like that and I'm looking at Grace Mark and I'm like you're a good foot shorter than him and <laughs> he did well enough yeah and it, the physicality of of the homeland team, like it is noticeable, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, they're, yeah. They're, they're just monsters. They're all big, we, well-built lads. Yeah, we know they're on another level technically, but physically as well. Mm. It just was, yeah. And that's yeah. just uh, from years and years of top. Now, I'm not saying ours isn't top level, but theirs on a different level as regards to strength and conditioning and stuff yeah. like that. So, so that was the first chance fell to us, yeah, on ten minutes screener as you as you described. Superb strike on his left, could have scored it. That's the way you should do it across the keeper, not at the front post. And he tested him, so mm-hmm. we went on him. I'd say that got our tails up a little bit. And as Brazil kind of commented after the game, we made three or four chances, not by 
lucky hoofed balls from the keyboard the centre back we we made the chances by playing football yeah and we worked them in and we made more chances I'm nearly sure we made more chances in this game than we did versus Shells and Pats and those nil all draws so you're right yeah. I think so I definitely think so just on shells. yeah definitely so and excellent people, stuff and someone a certain someone who I shall remain nameless was uh, almost mocking Greener for was like oh great he runs the channels that's <laughs> good that's what we want our centre forward to run the channels well how about this for running the channels in a European tie? Yeah. He Unbel- was unbelievable. Outstanding performance. And uh, from another one of the unnamed fans, possibly the best performance of any striker in any European Rovers game ever in living memory. I can't think of a better performance from a striker. And it, it was absolutely stunning. He yeah. just ran all day. His awareness was fantastic. He held the ball up well. It was just brilliant. Brilliant to see. He's the form man at the minute as well. We'll move on to the Finn header as well, Prof. We had a bit of Ferrugia. Well, the Ebra goal, we didn't... Oh, the Ebra yeah. goal, yeah. That was only a small matter, Prof. But, yeah. but it, was, it was it was fantastic. It really was. The, we gave away the ball um, briefly. Just a clearance, I mean... It's, Pico's clearance was, was poor. But, I mean, a bit harsh to kind of folks. The that. way they did it, it was bang, 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 and then it was in the net. 1-2 with, with Hakan. I refuse to try and pronounce his surname anymore. <laughs> but the, it was... It was so quick, like this movement. Before Excellent. you knew it, it was in the back. He was there, yeah. Before you knew it, he was yeah. in on goal, and Pico just it was. There was a slight movement. There was a, a, a camera angle from behind the goal, and there was a slight movement of Pico where he hesitates slightly. He doesn't know yeah. whether to go with Zlatan or stay. I was watching that. That's the killer. I was watching that in slow motion. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was the killer yeah. where he just that that split second where he hesitated for a minute. Zlatan was in. He was gone, and then he yeah. scored. But listen, that's that's just what Zlatan does. He's yeah. he's he's a ne- he's next level. Actually, immediately after that, they could have gone two up. Uh, McAniff cleared it off the line. Yeah, brilliant stuff. It was, little, it was yeah. like a little dink, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like literally a minute later. And the Finn header, as you said, I think this was shortly before half time. Yeah, we didn't even sit back. We said we go for a bit of bit of Frugia trickery out on the left. Yeah, great ball by Frugia. Who, Anywhere uh, else in the goal, just get him get him to test it, get him to palm it out, get him to do yeah. something. Frugia came in for some stick from the fans for this game, but it was kind of an unfortunate one because he had played well against Cork. He got his first goal. It was a shame that this was the next match. He maybe if he had another league game to follow up, build up the confidence. But like to get Milan, I mean, he was asking a lot. Mm. Probably the most most notable moment of the game for Frugia uh, was maybe when. It was the second half, and he had a great chance to bomb on. It was very near me where I was in the sales stand, and he had a great chance to bomb on. And you're like, right, go! And he decides to turn back. Yeah. And not only does he turn back and and pass it, but it was the wrong pass, and, Sh- and it was misplaced. Just shows a total lack of confidence, doesn't it? Yeah. You just seem too nervous to actually go for it. It is a bit of a big mm. occasion, though. <laughs> Uh, that's the thing it was, it was AC Milan and then the following game against Waterford he had three two practically three assists because he won the header kind yeah. of for one goal as well so I mean which I do wonders for his, yeah. his confidence anyway hopefully yeah. but the, we moved just about half time towards the end towards the end of the half it kind of felt like we just had to get there we were kind of willing them on to just go Jesus let's not concede again here that's what, that's the kind of vibe I, I was getting anyway I was thinking Jesus we could concede we need to just get it to half time regroup and then see how we get on but the second half as well started and uh, 
they pretty much start turning the screw. Um, yeah, there was a ten or fifteen minute spell here where they just keep they'd keep pressuring us into making mistakes yeah. as we tried to play it out from the back. And this goal was coming because we couldn't get out of our own half for no. a while there. But I think as well in the first half, if you noticed, there was a great still of how they actually pressed us. And I, I have to say, I love the way that we just kept trying to play, play it out from the back. Like Pico kept mm-hmm. getting the ball. Think about this. P, think about this now. Bring yourself back to when Pico first signed for us. <laughs> Did you think in a couple of years that you could see the ball constantly getting played to Pico in our six-yard box and him running out with it and looking for, to play the ball short? That's what we did against AC Milan constantly. And Pico just constantly tried to play the ball out. You never in a million years would have thought that was Pico's game, yeah. considering the first type of player that he signed. He's, he's progressed so much as a player. But we kept doing it. And I, I think Thanks. after the third one or the fourth one, I was thinking to myself, just fucking knock it long here, <laughs> will know, you? Yeah. And s- sometimes it would pay off. Like Sometimes the ball would fall first and Jack would zip past Kessie yeah. and something would be on. But maybe like... 8 out of 10 times it wouldn't fall for us and the ball would be back in Milan's possession again but they pressed us amazingly yeah. as well they they were totally confident in their press like they they pretty much man marked our guys who we had looking for the ball short off our keeper and Pico so it just mm-hmm. it, it nullified the threat that we tried to produce like so then the goal the second goal came on 67 minutes do you want to pronounce his name for me here? Cialanoglu <laughs> that's the Italian accent pronouncing it I won't do the yeah. Turkish one I'll save that one they were pretty much playing the ball around on the 18-yard line. Yeah. And uh, just waiting for the killer pass. And then, yeah. He Once just, again, this. He just places his, with his right foot in the top corner. Power in it as well. Great, power in it. Finish. Super finish. But the thing was, I was I was impressed by the Milan team, except for your man, Salamakers. Salamakers. Um, and then he set the goal up. But other than that, he was dirt. He was he was mm. really below par. Like he wasn't on their level at all. And I think he was taken out of game for the for the next one. He was uh, replaced by Ante Rebic, but he he didn't impress me at all. Every time he got the ball, he kind of gave it away. He didn't look he didn't look impressive. And if that was any way to target a team, I think he was the guy to be targeting. I'm not sure. If, I think he's trying to find his feet. He's only a new signing, but he didn't do it for me. Well, Gary O'Neill was interviewed afterwards, and he he picked out Zlatan, obviously, but uh, then he also singled out Benacer. And Castellejo, who uh, apparently the Italian press shit on him. Yeah. They didn't rate his performance in this game. I think they signed him from Sevilla, and he's one of these tricky wingers that hasn't mm. really found his feet again. Same mm. same as Salamakers. And, but Benazera, um, he was the number four. Benazera. He was spraying balls around. He, Tom Brady, quarterback role, just pinging balls. It's actually a rage. Oh, beautiful, beautiful to watch. That type of player, like a, in the Pirlo role, just spraying balls like a McPhail, mm. just technically amazing, able to do anything with a football. But it was Shalanoglu who won the uh, RT man the match, and it was it was a classic number ten performance, wasn't it? He was pulled just the strings, didn't he? Involved in everything. Mm. His link of play with Zlatan was just was it, it was fantastic, and his set pieces were all were dead on as well dangerous weren't they they yeah. were whipped in he's a wand of a yeah. right foot so uh, did, did you see that clip someone put up in the chat the 41 metre free kick he scored for Hamburg no <laughs> he scored for Hamburg he came from Germany didn't he he's I, a German Turk I'm actually going to pause and show you this fuck off will you <laughs> that's not real that's that's FIFA would you stop the flight on that is absolutely outrageous so that's what you're dealing with the club was manager of Dortmund at the time. Oh, absolutely. Stunned right. If anybody, if anybody has time for that, 
Jesus Christ, look that up. Hamburger, Dortmund, Chalanoglu free kick. That's all you got to type in because it'll come up. That's outrageous. No wall, 41 no. yards out. It's him versus the keeper, 41 <laughs> yards out, and he buries it. Keeper, no chance. So 41 meter. Miss that is out. what you're dealing with. My, my first thought was like, no. How did this? <laughs> yeah, it was like, no. But then my next thought was, how did this not win the Puskas Award? Yeah, true. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a good year, though, was it? So I had to look it up. It was 2014, and uh, Rodriguez won it for his goal against... The World Cup? Against uh, Uruguay, I think. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was deserved yeah. volley, wasn't it, crossbar in? Yeah. Obviously, it was a more high-profile game, but... Jesus. Fucking hell, what a, what a free kick. So we'll move <laughs> on from that anyway. <laughs> we got the Greeners tour chance. Which one was this again, Puff? Well, we didn't actually we didn't talk about the second chance. The second one was when he was at a an awkward angle, and he probably should have pulled it back for Finner. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know about that. Finner was screaming first, but he he went for goal. Yeah, the near post. So I don't know if you would call that a good chance. He got a corner as well, didn't he? I think yeah. I think Finn was at an acute angle. This hmm. was a debate on the WhatsApp group as well. I think he was at quite an acute angle, and hmm. possibly Finn mightn't have even pulled the trigger. If yeah. if he was like if he got pulled back to him because he was a good bit to the right hand side and he might have looked for someone on the left, I think it was right to shoot. We're talking about split second decisions here. Like, We're talking about he, in front he, of goal against Milan. I know. Not yeah. pa- you're not passing. He might not have even seen for him. The third chance was the one where, again, I think it was Jack played and true. It was Jack Jack all day, wasn't it? And uh, Don Roma got a hand on it again. Yes, yes, that was the one as well. No, no, sorry, it wasn't Jack. It was Finner. Finner pulled it back. This is the second half chance. Right. Finner pulled it back and Greener had to open up his body. Oh, yes, and yes, hit it yes. With, his left with the instep, wasn't it? So there wasn't a lot of pace on the ball for Finner. So it wasn't wasn't a great uh, you know, chance for him to put pair on it. He uh, gobbled it yeah. up, then he spilled it and then he gobbled yeah. it up, didn't he? Yeah. So that's like man, some serious chances there. I know, yeah. But another highlight of the night as well, considering it was a it was a bit of an exit not an exhibition game, but you know what I mean. Like you said last week, we go into it with no pressure. Uh, fantastic to see the return of Sean Cavanagh. Yeah, absolutely this is, this is great. over yeah. the moon to see this guy back, getting games, getting minutes, and just hopefully we get the Sean Cavanagh back. And we were only saying this guy can play anywhere. You put him anywhere in the pitch, bar and goal, and he he could do a job for you. But he excels out left, and with those fizzing crosses back, even against Waterford, he, he was back. Those fizzing crosses that go across the ground, daisy cutters, yeah. and all you need is a toe, and they go in. So delighted back to see them. I remember and he had a good understanding with Dan Kerr for a little while there. He used to like put the ball on the play for him. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so Cavo got on the last eight minutes, which was great. So as you say, we, we had we had uh, three or four chances in the game. We, we nearly equaled our record of seven European games in a row, scoring a goal in. So, Massively, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so right the there. Uh, the record is, is still held in the 1960s, and uh, just another quick one. Ronald Finn made his 41st European appearance. This is for all clubs. This is the tie. Did he tie it? Yeah, he tied Ollie Cattle for most made by league or an outfield player. So he just has to catch Gary Rogers now. So what's Gary on now? For the after tonight, he's got a couple more now. I don't know if he's on 46 or 7, he's up there anyway. It's a few seasons to go, yeah. maybe. But overall, our player performances, you got to be happy. I can't mm. think, like, nobody played badly. Like, nobody stunk. Do you know what I mean? Where you can look at it and say, yeah. fuck, he was brutal. 
maybe Ferrugia was a little bit off colour you could say but I wouldn't even say he was, he was rubbish do you know what I mean because it wouldn't be harsh on the guy but it was a big occasion and he's still only finding his feet so uh, Milan's yeah. performance as well we spoke about them we spoke about Ben Asir, spoke about uh, Zlatan just being Zlatan and did you see that left foot pass when for the for the McInef block he was out wide left he, he looked up and I was thinking to myself he is not spraying that on his left foot <laughs> in the first half and it was inch perfect inch perfect on his left foot and it set up Castileo and McInef got the block and I just thought to myself that is outrageous just a specimen of a footballer he's so instrumental in everything they do like he's 38 and he's up there and he's just at the centre of everything and he's strolling around at his mm. own pace but the likes of a Gabia right Gabia is I think he's 21 coming from the youth academy so he obviously would have been there for the for the glory years of Zlatan winning trophies and stuff like that so he would have been in the in the youth academy looking up to Zlatan and now he's like in the same team as him surely that's inspiration he's passing the ball to him he's working when he's in the same team that has to be an inspiration to you yeah. that has to just kind of make you up your game and think Zlatan is still banging them in while I was off fucking buying me that Harold in the shop when I was 14 <laughs> and he's still in the team now so it's, it's it's deadly it's really cool to see their work rate was Really high, wasn't it? Like that. That's for pre-season. Yeah, that's a massive respect shown to us. I think. I think so. Yeah, they, they did. thought they had to work that hard to beat us. Like we made them work for the win. Definitely, yeah, they really did. And they didn't expect it, but they mm. did their homework. I'll give them that. They kind of knew what we were up to, and how we played. So, but the the reaction was very good, wasn't it? Just from fans of 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 other clubs as well. Like everyone said the same thing. We gave a great account of ourselves. We did it by playing proper football. So yeah, we're not really ones for moral victories, but listen, we we'll take that. We're, we're happy enough with that. We rather go through, obviously, but it wasn't the case. So we want the greener as well now. Uh, got himself a new sleeping bag. Size of this thing, <laughs> this Latan jersey was passed around, yeah. passed around like a dub on fucking four twenty. So um, huge, huge big jersey, huge big man, and everybody got a, a go of it. So well, he, he apparently was marking him one of the corners late on. And he just said to him, my young fella there is, is, is the ball boy and he'd love to get your jersey. So it was agreed beforehand. I still find it hilarious yeah. that a 38-year-old man speaks in the third person. <laughs> he actually did say that. He says, Zlatan will give you this jersey and the child will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I will make your, Zlatan will make your child happy. He actually does speak mm. like that. It's amazing. I'd say, I'd say anyone else you'd probably be thinking, this madman but I think he's earned it yeah I think so yeah yeah so Ryan LeGrew he was in groupie mode got his Latin selfie and the Whelans were pictured with Paolo Maldini so uh, Ray cooking up a storm in the kitchen and Paolo Maldini had heard about his his, his skills all the way in Milan and he had to meet the man who had been feeding the Rovers he tasted it and he went he's more of a plague <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I heard about the public. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, fantastic stuff and great for everyone who was there. I know there's been some uh, anger, you could say, towards people who are getting in and, and people who are watching the games. And listen, everybody in there is is doing a job, and they've all done something for Rovers. I don't begrudge anybody at all, and I think mm. if like we could all have gripes and say oh well I should be in the stadium and I like no man that's not it that's not how I roll I wouldn't begrudge anybody going in and seeing a game it's not like that at all but I think you just 
fair enough some people might want some clarity on how it's done fair enough I think if all the people who have been volunteering for that long are, are, are seeing the games I'm happy with that because they do so much for the club Torn Styles in the office yourself doing media anyone else around the around the club that are doing that let them get in I think they deserve it more than anything and if it comes down to it and we are allowed 100 in or so then we can maybe think about raffling that one off but other than that I think that let everybody doing the retrievers program contributors let them let them stick it out I think I'm happy enough letting them yeah, like I said, I was in the East End, so it was, it was a bit... Uh, Back to the spiritual home, bro. Yeah, so it literally tells me. How did that feel, actually? Week. I'd love to do that again. I'd love to go back to the East End. It was actually nice to go, like, I walked to the halfway line to get a good vantage point. I was like, jeez, it's been a while since I could see the game properly. Yeah, were you back to the scene yeah. of the crime where you, you instigated the famous Enough is Enough banner? Oh, yeah, I was behind that, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time, actually. I remember the, the famous... Uh, Akinadi banner in Waterford and the flare goes up and like I was just behind that oh it just happened to be yeah and I was just thinking there oh I look like I'm like orchestrating this there's a portfolio <laughs> on you now bro I need to stand away from the others <laughs> from now on it can be misconstrued but uh yeah I was beside uh Fadim funny enough he was doing his audio described commentary oh that was available to listen to I must check that yeah. out one of these games it's check actually it. cool like to to be able to hear him do it so, I so you could hear him in earshot. You were in earshot the yeah, whole time. He was like, he was only like ten feet from me. So I was like, I was getting my own personal commentary on the game. Oh, that's pretty cool. Actually, that would have yeah. been strange watching the game and getting the commentary. Yeah. Yeah. So we had uh, Mark Lynch as well. His birthday present from Paolo Maldini, chasing him around the main stand. Paolo, Paolo, <laughs> <laughs> it's my birthday. Uh, yeah, super. Actually, uh, the portrait itself it looked like it was yeah. kind of drawn with chalk. Or not chalk, kind of like a charcoal painting. Really, really cool and signed. Happy birthday, Mark! So, um, that was a that was a pretty cool birthday present. And and Paolo very complimentary towards our style of play. Yeah, he told Brazo afterwards. He said he he was uh, complimentary towards our bravery to play how we did against Milan. Yeah, like I said, we kept playing it out from the back, and it was really mm. admirable. That's what, did I see Dida in the ground? Dida didn't know the keeper I'm nearly sure I saw Dida in the ground remember, remember the penalties remember how far he used to go off his line for oh. penalties <laughs> I remember you having a gripe with that oh brilliant I would have loved to have met him he would have been a childhood hero yeah so that was uh, that's that's the fanery done that's all the fan super fans out of the way and then we had a quote we had Pico uh, an interview afterwards he said he's not one for swapping shorts I didn't know this no Pico wouldn't be one for swapping shorts, but they were easily the best team I've ever faced. It was not just their touch or strength movement. They made it look so easy and could inject some pace to the game. They did that in the second half for a spell and it was really tough. So Pico with some uh, some nice words for the Milan team. Yeah, I like hearing the players describe the difference in standard. I know we, we can we can see it on our screens, but I like to see it, hear them like they're up against these players. I think he's described it personally there. They just inject pace when they feel like yeah. it. I'd like to think that we took that into the Waterford game as well, where we took a couple of little pieces from uh, from Milan's style and, and their pace, and we took it into the Waterford game because we absolutely blitzed them, and it did seem that way. Mm. So it's good that we can kind of pick up little bits here and there from better yeah. teams. Oh, this will benefit us going forward. I mean, this this experience alone... Could give us the extra five ten percent to get you an extra round in Europe next year. Yeah, totally if we keep the it. squad together. Because this the sort of stuff is priceless. Yeah, we're very unlucky. We'll talk about Dundalk later, who have been given an astonishingly 
easy path to the group stages. Meanwhile, we could have got AC Milan or TNS and we get Milan and our journey ends here. Yeah, that's it. So it's all about luck, isn't it? It really is. And I wouldn't, you can't really, like a lot of teams seem to have held that against us as well. Like I was, there's a, there's a League of Ireland player in work and when we drew, who was at home? Was it Cork at home? He was like, who's just getting the cup? I was like, Cork. And he goes, ah, home, I suppose, yeah. And you know, <laughs> that's the type of attitude people have. They seem to think that we get to look at a draw and we get everything. It's a draw. There's nothing you can do about it. And the FAI are doing us no favours. Let's remember that. We're no, I don't think we're really the best of friends with the FAI. So <laughs> let's, all, let's all remember that. So, uh, yeah. Any, any other things of note in the game, Gar? I thought the, thought the manager looked very slick on the sidelines. Pioli? It came out of a fashion magazine. Yeah, he's got that Milan garb on, hasn't he? But yeah. it's a, he's not. He's nothing next to Ray Whelan. Say like Ray Whelan was standing there with his with his clobber on underneath the old the old chef's coat, <laughs> trying to teach him a few things. We had a a Garda helicopter fly overhead for a few minutes, and then you you saw that aerial picture. I reckon they well, hovered for a while and said, "Mommy, watch yeah. this." That was some snap, wasn't it? Brilliant. Absolutely, that's yeah, two two epic snaps from our both European games. Yeah. Is that Paul McGrath again? I think so. Yeah, Polly is setting the world on fire, the photography world on fire. Yeah, probably on the lookout for Jay Mangan trying to hop over the wall after <laughs> yeah. his uh, RT News interview. Ah, uh, what a man! Big shout yeah. out to Jay Mangan as well, proper who. Yeah, but um, RT as well, you, prof with a big audience. Yeah, two hundred and eleven k for the game, so massive. That's, that's huge. What do you think about it? And then we have a peak of 266 during the three-hour podcast. So that's, that's big numbers. Posting up big numbers. According to Mark, uh, they were surprised by the numbers. I'd say so, yeah. I'd say so. But considering there's probably nothing else on. Mm. I mean, Milan versus Rovers, you're going to sit... The casual fan is going to watch that, aren't they? But uh, that was only domestic figures. I mean, that's not even counting the RTE player. Yeah, or the being, UK service that they offered. I mean, the whole world was watching, weren't they? Yeah, all pretty I, much. All eyes on Tata, that night. So that was uh, pretty much it for the Milan game and it was a great occasion but we won't dwell on that. We have bigger things to come across. We have Rafael, Prof's cameraman and he uh, took time out of his busy schedule to chat to us so here he is. So we're here now with Rafael, one of our media correspondents for the official Rovers media team. So uh, Rafael, you're very welcome on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me and having me here. It's a pleasure. So, uh, tell us, Rafael, what part of Brazil are you from, and when did you move to Dublin? Uh, I'm from a city from um, a city in the countryside called Araraquara, but okay. it's in São Paulo state, uh, so it's easier to say that I'm from São Paulo. And I moved to Dublin in February of 2015. So you're here a few years now, and um, you follow Palmeiras, isn't that right? Yes, that's right. So tell us, um, tell us a little bit about how you, you came about getting into Palmeiras, first of all. Well, Palmeiras, like, it was easy to start supporting Palmeiras because my father, he also supports Palmeiras. And since I was a little boy, he, he uh, used to, uh, we used to go to the stadium to watch the games uh, whenever we could. Uh, and then, like, pretty much was like that, like, my father's influence, like that. Helped me to find Palmeiras, actually. And if you could think of any of the legends, the Palmeiras legends off the top of your head, who, anyone that the Rovers fans would be familiar with, any Brazilian internationals, anyone that went on to have a good career? Uh, let me think. Uh, uh, like 
Palmeiras ones, like the, the Rover supports may know. Even anyone, I mean, there's uh, some well versed Rovers fans out there, they probably know that Brazilian football. Well, like, uh, there is, uh, no, like, there was a player called Alex. He played for, for almost 10 years in Turkey after he, uh, like, he moved, he moved from Palmeiras to Fernebach in Turkey. Oh, he yeah. played like like t almost ten years in there. Like he's a legend there as well. Like like he's in Palmeiras. Uh, he played several times with the Brazilian national team as well. Uh, that like maybe into uh, you guys may know or have at least have heard about it. Uh, the Brazilian goalkeeper in the World Cup of two thousand two, the last time that we won the World Cup. His name's his name is Marcos. He's he used to play in Palmeiras. He played all his career in Palmeiras. So that's a Palmeiras legend. Yeah, so, he is. So they play in green and white. So is that what attracted you to the green and white hoops to Rovers? And uh, when did you start going to games in Tala? Well, uh, first time I went to the games in, uh, a game in Tala was in 2017 because basically. Uh, Mark Lynch he invited uh, Palmeiras supporters, a group that uh, we have here in Dublin, to 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 go to Tal and watch a game, Shamrock Rovers against the the big rivals. So like, and it was pretty much to 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 follow Shamrock Rovers after that game because like pretty much easy actually because like green white is the Shamrock Rovers is the most successful club in Ireland. Like Palmeiras is in Brazil. Uh, oh. So uh, uh, the atmosphere in the stadium as well, like uh, it was really, really great that day, despite of the despite the result of the game. Yeah, we, we lost uh, that like, derby, didn't we? Much, yeah. Uh, yeah, we did. Like two one with the the second goal in the last last second of the match. So yeah, it was like okay. Well, I thought. Uh, the the place like the defense that they were really really uh, like the the atmosphere atmosphere that they created in the stadium were, um, was amazing. So and then it was pretty much easy to start following Rovers after that day. So Flamengo and São Paulo, they're uh, they play in red and black colors. So I presume you hate them. Like with São Paulo, we have a. Uh, uh, a historical problem actually because they started they they try it actually to to uh, uh, take uh, our stadium away from us during the the second uh, world war that's huge like, yeah. kind of yeah yeah they did because of uh, Palmeiras was was created by uh, Italian immigrants so uh, during the Second World War, like there, there was a law in Brazil that uh, anybody could take any possession from uh, Italian immigrants or a German, uh, a German, Germanist immigrants, and like they tried to to take our status away, uh, the, our stadium away from us. So we have this problem, historical problem with São Paulo yeah. and Flamengo. Honestly, we don't care about that much about <laughs> Flamengo. So they're like the Sligo of Brazil then. Our rival in Brazil is Corinthians. And that's the local. How far apart are both teams? Uh, uh, around, 
I would say 20 uh, kilometers away from uh, oh. yeah, 20, 25, uh, if, if a little bit more maybe. Yeah, because Sao Paulo is a huge, huge city. city. So basically you have four, four times, so only Sao Paulo city is like almost four times the size of whole Ireland. So. And that's just the city alone. Yeah. Right, so there's a Twitter account called SRFC News Brazil and they congratulated Aaron Green on his 100 Yogos the other day. Are you involved in this? Yes, the page, yes, the page is mine. I have the profiles in, uh, on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. The Twitter I just created last week. I uh, just like to try to, to show a little bit of Rovers to the Brazilian fans. But like the, the Facebook page, I have more than 20,000 followers. This is what we noticed. I noticed this, and this, my jaw dropped when I heard this. I was thinking, where, where has this guy been for the last few years? Like, we need to get him on the show. Twenty thousand uh, followers is huge. Yeah, it was like I like basically I started the page just to, you know, I didn't have anything else to do it. I was like, oh, maybe I can start like a page just to to write a few things, and maybe somebody's gonna uh, read it. Then. Like for my surprise, like uh, after like uh, it's been a year and a half around that that I created Facebook page, and there are twenty thousand people in there. It's like oh, okay. I think the Brazilian people they really like football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in terms of when you've actually started to get involved doing the the videos first, you've come along at just the right time because we're unbeaten all season aside from the AC Milan game, obviously. So. Mark Lynch is calling you a lucky charm. <laughs> well, let, let, let's hope to keep like this until the end of this season. Because, uh, but, well, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> what can I say? It's just a coincidence. I was lucky as well. Like, I just, well, I, I had a really good experiences in this stadium, not only... Uh, watching the games now that I, I can help as well. Uh, it's a really, it's, it's a different perspective, you know, like, so it's, it's really good. What were, let's, some of, let's pray that, yeah, what were some of the aspects that really kind of grabbed you when you went to the game? I know we lost. It was, was it the 99th minute, the one we conceded in? It was the, it was, there was a, yeah, yeah. What really grabbed you as in what made you think, you know what, this is for me. This is what I want to, I want Rovers as part of my life. Uh, the atmosphere in the stadium, for sure. Like when the game, the game kicked off, uh, I could see all the flags like the, the, the supporters had at night, the, the, uh, the songs that they were, uh, they were singing as well. It was like, oh, that's really, really nice. It, it reminded me at the time like the, the, the Palmeiras Stadium as well. I was like, the difference is that in Brazil we cannot have uh, like the flags you can just put in one place you cannot have like uh, you cannot have with you like and keep and just move um, uh, to create the movement with the, the flags and, and everything but the fans basically they 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 pushed me to start following uh, rovers and have you got many friends that go with you to the games or do you go on your own well uh, now I'm going on my own <laughs> Uh, but before, usually uh, there was always somebody with me in the games. Uh, sometimes even my wife, uh, she used to go with me in the, uh, to the games as well. 
I'm always trying to to grab someone to go there as well with me. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. And you were one of the lucky few that got in to see the AC Milan match live. So what did you think of our performance overall? I, I thought the, 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 like, Rovers played very well, in my opinion. Like, it, it, of, there, there are two words in the, in, there was, uh, there were two words in the, this match specifically. Milan side, they have tons of money there. They can hire, like, really, really top players. Uh, they have, uh, probably they have a, 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 a better a structure than, than uh, Rovers. Yeah. But I, th I think the, the way that play, uh, Rovers played uh, was really, really smart. Uh, they basically, like, and even, like, you can see the chance. Rover had the first, the first chance of the match. If Green yeah. had scored that, that, that goal, the, in my opinion, like, the, 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 the game would, be, would have been completely different. And the thing is, we, we didn't change our style that much. We, no. we did the back, we tried to play out from the back. At one stage, I saw Pico playing the ball out and he was taking it in his own box and Zlatan was bearing down on him. And I just thought to myself, we're really sticking to the mantra here. We're really sticking to what we believe in. And it was refreshing to see. Did you think so? Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree with, with that. Like, like the, 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 the team, the players, they didn't change the way that uh, they were playing. They, I, I like uh, Stephen Bradley said that before the the match. They, they like basically they were focused on what they they had trained and like what they needed to do during the game. They they were like very, very like uh, uh, they didn't didn't change even though like they were like uh, uh, one goal behind, uh, and that yeah. was was and like was really good to see it. So what about your favorite player in this Rovers side at the moment? Who, who sticks out for you? Uh, Jack Bourne, for sure. But I also like a lot um, uh, Aro Magnif. I like him a lot as well. And uh, like, it's all team, actually. They, they are playing really well. So it's, it's tough to say just one or two names. Yeah, but if I, had, if I have to choose, I'm going to go for the, the easiest... Uh, is this name that's Jack Byrne? Yeah, he was superb against Milan. Yeah, he, he played very well. So, usually with me, uh, post match Raphael after the games and Tala, what do you enjoy about filming the games and doing the interviews? Well, film the games, it's the, the best part, like for me, is like to have the pit side level just in front of me. I'm not on the stand, so sometimes you you are like uh, a level above, or you are above like the the pit side level. It gives it gives like a, a different perspective of the game. You can also uh, hear all the like the the noise that you have uh, on the field. If like so, I know that sometimes in the videos you can you can uh, listen to a F word because they were uh, <laughs> just celebrating. But that's the, what I like the most, actually, is to have this sense that I'm like, being part of the match. I think I noticed, I watched a pitch side video of the Milan game recently. Was that your video? Yeah, yeah, it, was, yes, it is. It, was, it, was, it gave a really different perspective. So who's the most vocal on the team and who courses the most? 
when, when you're, <laughs> you can include the background in this as well because I, my, I think Glenn Cronin is the loudest now. I, I, you can hear him from down the road. So who do you think? Uh, I, I, I cannot say actually. It's well, well, I cannot say who is like who is who is the one. I think Pico is getting so, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, P- yeah. It seems to defense, doesn't it? Yeah, like, but Jack Byrne as well. You can you can uh, listen to him uh, uh, calling the, the the other players. You have uh, Burke as well. Uh, yeah, like the the guys like you know like the uh, in the like attack the attackers. Like it's easier to listen to them. But Pico as well when he scores a goal, like he's. <laughs> he shouts a little bit, so yeah, that's that's cool. So tell us, you had to, you had a bit of bad news, a bit of a mishap. You had to replace one of your cameras before COVID because it got destroyed in the rain. And tell it. Sorry, you had to uh, get one of your cameras replaced ah. before COVID. Yeah, that so happened. That or that, was it? Yeah, that happened actually. The the game against Dundalk. Uh, I had to stop filming the match like basically um, two minutes before the third goal uh, because there was like uh, the lens was already uh, it wasn't working well and then uh, the following day I tried to to switch on the camera it wasn't working anymore I took to a to a, 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 a I store here to see if they could fix they said that no it was even uh, like a little bit wet inside the 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 camera like the only place that the water could go into the camera it it did so, <laughs> so the only I, it didn't go it did go yeah like i had to stop like filming uh, i was like because i was walking uh, through the uh, to uh the tunnel tunnel and then like uh I saw the, the third goal. I was like, okay, I just left. Now I was just in front, like just beside Dundalk's bench. So I was like, okay, should I celebrate here? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the best place to celebrate. Yeah. The weather. But yeah, for, I had to replace the, the The weather for the first five games of the year, they were all awful, weren't they? The Bows game was nearly called off. The Cork and Dundalk games, lashing rain. Sligo, I think it was windy and raining. Well, that was awful the first five games, wasn't it? Yeah, like the Cork one was awful as well. I was in the stadium as well, and I couldn't uh, film uh, uh, a good part of the match as well. And you have to be ready for anything in this job, don't you? Because on Monday night, someone in Tallis Stadium hit the wrong switch, and we had to do our manager and player interviews in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, luckily I had one one small uh, uh, light that I bought, uh, but I had never tested. So it was the first test. Well, it, it worked. So, but hopefully next time they won't switch off the the, the lights. <laughs> it wouldn't be one of the first times when players be left in the dark now. <laughs> Well, listen, you were one of the Rovers fans featured in the membership promotional video that aired on the night of the Ilves Tampere game. But apparently, you were very nervous and uh, you were probably prefer being behind the camera. So, you're more of a, you like to do the shooting more than being filmed. Pretty much that. Uh, I also like uh, have a uh, uh, YouTube channel as well. I created to, to, 
just to, to talk about rovers as well, but basically when I, when I, uh, I made that video, uh, I was just starting to get used to the camera. So I was like, okay, what should I say here? Mm-hmm. But I got, I got the script from Mark. <laughs> so he sent me an audio explaining what they, he wanted to, to have me saying. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I will do it. But yes, now, now I'm, more, uh, I'm much more uh, used to the, the camera. But that day, like, was, yeah, I don't know, I think the pressure was too high mm-hmm. because it would be in a, in, a, in a video with other members. And yeah. Well, from what I've noticed, every time I talk to you, it seems like you're buying into the club a little more and more. You've just started to listen to this podcast, which is, which is always a good sign. But uh, it feels like you're getting closer to the club every time I see you. Oh, really? Okay, that's good then. <laughs> no, like, uh, uh, I'm really enjoying my time, like, at this time, like, to, to go to the stadium, to film the, the, the match. Like, uh, it's a totally different experience. It's a nice experience. Uh, I, like, if, if I, like, can compare with the, in Brazil, for example, I would, like, probably I would never have this chance. So I'm just like, yeah, and at the same time, as more as I, I'm doing, I'm getting more and more excited and I want to do even more. <laughs> so yeah, I want to learn more as well. Like I'm, I'm reading the um, uh, Robert uh, books as well to learn a little bit more about rovers as well. So yeah, I'm just getting, just excited. <laughs> I think uh, to really bed you into the Rovers' way of life, we're going to have to bring you on the bus, the Tifties bus for an away game, and then you can really see how, how, how it goes on. Well, okay, I'm in. I'm already in. There we go. <laughs> All right, so that's, that's it today. Rafael, you've been absolutely fantastic. Thanks for coming on. And listen, we hope to see you soon back in the South Stand, rocking and COVID-free, hopefully. So thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for the invitation. Thanks, Raf. See you. See you. Thanks. See you. Thank you, guy. So, Rafael, the Palmeiras fan, and uh, the most successful club in Brazil, which I did not know. So um, that's pretty cool. And um, Brazilian football is just a different level <laughs> as regards to fan culture as well. So I think it might be a little bit less mad, to say the least, over here. Yeah, I like the. Uh, I have a gripe with San Paulo because they stole our ground. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> like you could just take everything off the immigrants. German immigrants, Italian immigrants, you could just take them. There was a lot there where you could just take their stuff. So, yeah. I think he's right to be annoyed there. Some great Uh, stuff from Raphael. A few internet gremlins there, unfortunately, with their their Zoom interview. But uh, hopefully everybody heard everything questioned there. But Shout out to Brazzer, actually, because uh, me and Raph were uh, doing media after the Milan game. And probably every media outlet under the sun was in that east stand it was a behind closed doors game right but there was tons of them there waiting for a word of Brazzer and Brazzer walks from the main stand over to the east and who's he come to first the prof the club yes Yes. love it you love to see it he saw the prof and he says that's the man that's who I need to talk that's brilliant and you know what he has has his ducks in a row there fair play to him big dirty smile on your face there prof (laughs) Alright, so, uh, yeah, we're going to move on now. We have reports of a COVID test and it was positive in the Milan camp on Thursday and it was revealed to be Zlatan himself. But then on Twitter, he said he tested negative twice. So it's a strange one. Uh, Considering I had a bit of a 
a bit of a flirt with it myself. Um, we had a we had a positive case in my job, so I had to isolate for two weeks, which was the reason. Um, we went on Zoom last week, but I got two tests. The initial tests I got done on a Wednesday, and I got no results for the goods of five days. And I've been ringing them and wondering what it was. So they rang back and they said they're going to send me for a different test. And I said, "Can I have my original results, please? That'd be nice." And they didn't get back to me, so I went and got a second test. And the next day they gave me the results of the original test, but that was fifty-two year old Gary. Mm-hmm. And then the next day they gave me the results of the other test, which was thirty-two year old Gary. But I've it was always just... liked fifty-two year old Gary. He's more jolly. <laughs> it was it was a bit of a mess. Like I can see they are doing their best, and the testing process is pretty stringent and it's pretty like it's they, they're doing well. But uh, all like all my details were wrong when I went in. So that's why I had to correct them on a good few things like address and stuff like that and mm-hmm. phone number. He got a digit wrong in it. So um, yeah, it is. It's it's crazy. So he did. He tested negative. I tested negative twice as well. Are you gonna put out a tweet like Zatan saying that COVID had the courage to challenge me? It was a bad idea. <laughs> didn't want to. I didn't want to put him down. I didn't want to take the limelight from him. So <laughs> we'll move on now. We'll have a war for game as well. This really, really, it's a really, really enjoyable game. Probably six one in talent on Monday. Six different goal scorers. Only one change to the team was Dylan Watts in for Gary O'Neill. And Dylan Watts is looking more dangerous every single week. Every single week. Um, one, one thing as well, I want to... Like, Actually, he came on against Milan and he was he was good. Yeah, he's looking dangerous. He looks like he can step in whenever Jack isn't around if he's on international duty or like that. Can I say another thing as well? That McInef has been showing his grittier side of the game lately and he's been breaking up a lot of play, which I'm loving. Showing that he could probably step into that Gary O'Neill role if it was needed, and which is pretty much what he did. And he was breaking up a lot of play and had a fantastic game. We could be here all night talking about that 6-1. That was absolutely stunning performance. We absolutely uh, hit them for six. It was a joy to watch. Really was. Absolute joy. Absolutely fantastic. And like we said, we'd only one change to the team. Do we even need to go through the goals? They were absolutely amazing. Brilliant, brilliant from start to finish. Unbelievable and great to see a scoring from set pieces. We're, we're happy with something new every week. Whereas we're happy at the Cork game down at Torrance Cross because it was a great, two fantastic uh, breakaway goals. But now we're scoring from set pieces again, two in a row. It's just, it's it's brilliant. And uh, somebody, I think it was Richie Cavanagh, put up a tweet where he oh, had the Slatan video yes. and he had the Greener video side by side, pretty much the same. And it was just like, okay, we, this is how we can punish teams. And we once again, we broke. It was, so our first goal was a, was a breakaway counter. Brilliant from us. Green are absolutely burying it. And then the next two were, were set pieces. So we went down to half-time looking unbelievable. No, but let's actually talk about the goals. But um, yeah, the similarities with Latan's goal it's was crazy, was, wasn't it? Right down to the poor clearance. The clearance was the one thing that made me laugh. The clearance, I know, yeah. So it made me laugh. <laughs> the clearance, the turn, burying it into the... In the keepers near post, yeah, really but, good. And I will say though that the Waterford weren't terrible. I mean, we, no. I think we blew them away. We were excellent. I think that guy Coot in the middle, Ali Coot, he looks he looks a player. Sabawali, of course, this guy is going to be a player as well. He's just power, pace, he's raw. I think we could probably do a, do a little job on him. Funny enough, Waterford were actually coming into the game just before our three goal blitz. They were actually looking quite decent. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they are. They're, they're a good little team. Yeah, so uh, the game was available for free on Watch LOI and uh, hopefully hopefully we got a couple of takers on that free game because it was a joy to watch. Alan Manis was presented with the close period of month award for August before the match, which I personally think Pigo should have got. Um, 
considering considering everything, it was a close, close race. But I think Pico should have nipped it away, and that's no offense mm-hmm. to Alamanis at all. Yeah, Pico would have been my vote as well. But um, before the game, I was looking down the tunnel, and you had Sam Bond on crutches. I think he got injured a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he's out for the season. Is he? Yeah. yeah. You had Mikey O'Connor chatting to him as well. I just look at this. I was like, this is looking very 2017 down here. <laughs> Remember that team? Jesus, yeah. Also on the Warford side, we had William Longbottom. Remember he was on trial with us. Will was he? Yeah. Oh, remember we used to always get the crack out of that. Yeah. See who who's the worst named trialist. I think he won that year. Yeah. Lads were calling him short arse. Yeah, that's what it was. Training, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. But uh, yeah, just briefly, we we made loads of early chances in this game. Uh, like Greener was through on goal, literally about. 40 seconds in yeah and, and uh, <laughs> the Berkey open goal this oh is, man this is unreal I couldn't believe it I turned away to Jaden and I said yes yeah. and he was like daddy missed I was like fuck off you messing on his right foot and do you know what I was thinking to myself when's the last time we rounded a keeper like that and scored because I love those goals and they're rare in football nowadays it's rare that a, a player a striker or a player goes round the keeper and just slots it in. I can't remember the last time we had one. You're right, actually. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often. And and Borky's, Borky's a model for it. And I couldn't believe you missed it. Genuinely couldn't believe it. And it wasn't even a tight angle. It wasn't even a tight angle. No. So loads of chances anyway. Oh, yeah, so the three goal blitz, it was three goals in four minutes just before half time. <laughs> Lopez and Gray's headers from Jack Byrne corners. It was basically rinse and repeat. Like They yep. were almost identical. The bally box shuffle uh, was back. Yeah. First goal of the season for Lee Grace. He says he has a bet with Pico every year. Uh, I don't think he's winning. Not this winning year. that one, kid. No. Not this time around. No, Stick not. to the old cycling and Carrick. <laughs> and then Jack Burr made a four 0 four minutes into the second half. This was a super strike, by the way. Yeah. This came out of my pace on his left foot, and he buried it in the bottom corner. So this is a tough thing to do. Coming at pace on your mm. bad foot, absolutely buried. And this was the debated Ferruja. Assist, am I right? He won the header, or yeah. at least he, he was he he got a bit of the ball. Anyway. Yeah, that's what it was. And Berkey was in a similar position too, wasn't he? On the just inside the box for his goal. Yeah, his superb goal. bit of play from Ferruja again, finding a bit of confidence. Little uh, little uh, dummy, little dummy. No, it's not a dummy. Oh my god, I can't remember what it's called, Prof. Will you put your legs over the ball? Oh my god, step up, step up. <laughs> when you put your legs over the ball oh, the hokey pole we'll have to leave that in um, yeah. yeah so yeah step over and a little dummy and then boom straight into Porky and Porky yeah. just rolls it in with his left foot so finally his first league goal since his 5 in February I know yeah so that's him on 6 now on his birthday as well mm, I think uh, and big shouts I think I think I heard Dunster shout happy birthday <laughs> nearly sure it was him so you have Dunster shout happy birthday and we have head cheerleader Maloney against Milan <laughs> Who everybody watching on RT could hear throughout the game, and then you can do your Maloney impression. No. <laughs> you do. I love this. This is the best. And then you could hear him throughout the Waterford game saying like, "You know, Use you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Uh, yeah, I was actually disgusted with this goal that we conceded as well because it was it was a super finish on his left foot from Mikey. I'll give him that because he was turning away from goal and it went to the near post. Manus won't be happy with this one, but. Um, it was out of nowhere it was out of blue disgusted to concede to be honest I'd mm. say I'd say the players were like that as well they don't like conceding so 
Cracking finish. To Super finish on his left yeah. foot, and it was it was coming at a bit of pace as well. So Mikey was actually uh, he had a good game. Yeah. Now you could see he's kind of. Yeah. I think he's wised up. I think. I think we were speaking about him earlier on, and we reckoned the bit of trouble that he was in. I think someone might have had a word in his ear, you know, and said, "Listen, mm. it's it's now or never for you." You're either going to go down one path or down the other. You're either going to go to the top or you're going to go to the bottom. So I think someone had a word in his ear. So hopefully he does well. well raised eyebrows when he was made captain, wasn't he? But, yeah, uh, and even Graham Cummins today on uh, LOA Weekly said he's brilliant in the dressing room, fantastic captain, mm. and anyone would be lucky to have him. So he said it must be a gargantuan change in attitude. He's definitely matured a lot. But uh, So the score was 5-1 at this point, and the intensity levels just don't drop here at no. all. The scary. Player. The players are still shouting at each other. They want more goals. They don't want to give anything else away. It's as if it's the first 10 minutes of the game. It's good because they keep each other on. And like they, they don't, don't give each other a break. And that's the way it should be. Because I think you shouldn't take anything off the pitch. Like Jack berates everybody. Joey yeah. berates everybody. Everybody's at each other. But it's all about keeping your standards high. That's all it is. That's the only reason they're so harsh on each other on the pitch. Is to keep the standards high. Mm. You make a mistake. You are going to get eaten. Because what will happen, you won't do it again, will you? Because you don't want to be fucking eating again. So that's the way I feel. Yeah. And it's right. Don't take... And it happens on the pitch, it stays there. Of course, it's just amplified because there's no fans. We, yeah. can, we can hear all this now. But, uh, yeah, I like Dan Fulham's comment the other day that it reminded him of, of uh, the Michael O'Neill era where we play in Europe and then we have to play a league game on the Monday and the standards wouldn't drop and we get the win. There was, there was some grace that I don't have in front of me. It was something like... Like we won nine out of ten games post Europe. Ah, oh, we know we don't get hangovers, do we? Under Michael O'Neill, no hangovers. No hangovers there at all. Yeah. But even after that five one, we still had Jack pressing on. Jack had a lovely shot. He tried to curl around, tried to bend around the post. We're still we're still trying to push on here, and we Marshall hitting the bar mm. as well. He was a yeah. uh, he was stretching, and his, he hit it with the outside of his foot. Cabo came on again, and like you you alluded to it earlier, he showed us why we've missed him. These daisy cutting crosses, man. All they need yeah. to do is poke them in. Just poke them in. Me and you be poking them in, for fuck's sake. They're that good. But, uh, yeah, no, it really was refreshing to see. I think one of the big things for me was the subs. We totally changed the bench. We emptied the emptied, <laughs> emptied the balls, emptied emptied the bench, and we didn't weaken our side once. Everybody that came on was just as good as the ones that came off, and that was brilliant to see. And with Williams as well coming in the 93rd minute, and big, bad Dino C block from Kevin Street. He is getting his fourth senior goal. And the thing is about Dino, I've read a couple of his interviews and he's smart. He's a smart striker. And he, he'll he try and be tricky. I guarantee you he meant to put it in between his legs. I guarantee it because he had Jack mm. with that surge and run, which is something that I've noticed he's doing a lot yeah. lately. Um, See where he started that run? He started nearly in the box. Like. I know. So he went all the way through and it was a great ball in. And Dino looked up and he says, right, he's making his move. Keeper made his move and he put it under his legs. He meant that. 100% and I've seen Dino try and do that before where he'll be cute and he'll try and put it on the keeper's legs or underneath his body smart smart striker and good finisher so really happy to see Dino get off the mark that's what Brazzer has been talking about he's talking about he's, he's really clever in his finishing and his movement he says it reminds him of, of young Robbie Keane but uh, yeah first senior goal for, for Dino uh, I was adding up his games it was his 13th appearance for the Robbers first team so lucky thirteen, and uh, Molson was a substitute, obviously. And if you add another three for the B team, before the one and Tuesday night in Drogheda, so that was, that was sixteen senior games. So mm-hmm. he was waiting a while for that goal. He he did made his league debut actually two years ago. 
in a 5-0 home win over Limerick he's he's really yeah. persevered we spoke about this before yeah. like he's done it all 17s, 19s, 4th yeah. division and now he's with us so hopefully he can go on and do a little bit more but he was interviewed afterwards and he spoke very well and uh, straight from the the Carl Karen school of speaking well yeah his SRFC TV debut I didn't ask him this but it only kind of dawned on me or, um, on me later but the only downside was that his long awaited first goal it could have been in front of like a packed south stand oh, I know or even the main stand near where he actually scored like think about like how long he would have been dreaming of scoring his first goal and then he does it in an empty stadium oh, he'll get some he'll get them. I know he'll get them eventually yeah. though but uh, at least he got it and like there was only like a handful of us in the stand but we all erupted and went, went crazy for him like there was just there was genuine joy in that stadium albeit a small number of people mm. just to see him get that moment like it was great so like we said 15 minutes with 10 men and we had to went to a flat back four but it's um, hopefully there's nothing any updates on Pico no I've not heard hopefully anything. it's not too bad because he's having a season of his life and um, we, we just want Pico to stick around you know yourself uh, performs as prof everywhere around the park fantastic he spoke mm-hmm. about McInef changing his game being a little bit more gritty getting <coughs> stuck in breaking up the play uh, Faruja having a fantastic game great for his for his confidence two assists and a goal um, I think Jack got three assists three assists he's up to 11 now sorry I, did, I said I said Faruja got a goal it was two assists yeah uh, yeah so it's just all around the pitch we're doing really well Um even even Reese Marshall coming on and playing well and looking good, hitting the bar. It's all about these little steps and little confidence boosters, and massive, massive game on Sunday that we're going into. This um, was an absolutely excellent performance for a most 90 minutes. Most complete performance I've seen. I can think of think it some was, better. It was relentless, creating openings for ninety minutes. Like every two minutes, we would play a ball in behind, or Jack would thread a, tr- a ball through, and we'd have a chance. Compare that to the Shells game. Oh, yeah. How many openings did we actually make in that game? And we got worried, didn't we? We yeah. got worried thinking, are we are we off the boil here? I mean, can these teams who are going to sit in, can we yeah. actually break them down? Here's your answer. And we were t- we were threatening a thumping for a yeah. while, weren't we? Yeah. Well, a lot of people were saying that we were due to, to hop, hop, uh, hop off somebody. Uh, I didn't think it would be Rodford because they're a good team. Yeah, they are. And I was, I was wary of it coming in because, I mean... Considering Bowles lost at home to them 2 0, so I just show you there is levels to this shit, isn't there? But the quality of this performance <laughs> was unbelievable. It was such a joy to watch. It really I, I'm going to say it was our best of the season. Oh, that broth yeah. was throwing them out there. Because Cork, I've, I've heard people in the weeks followed the Cork game have talked about Cork's work rate being shocking that day. It seemed like they just kind of, their heads dropped and they gave up. Even though we did play very well. But like. Like we said earlier, Waterford were actually coming into the game. And we destroyed them. Yeah, that's it. Saw the threat, boom. Just took it out. But the stat of this season, Prof, and it's not even yours. I'm disgusted. <laughs> uh, we have scored 30 league goals, more than the three other Dublin teams combined. And that is what you call gargantuan. Check it out. So you think that's the best stat of the day, is it? Oh, ho. Hold, hold my beer. Hold the beer. The props horses have screeched. This is the first time Rovers have had six different players on the score sheet <laughs> in one game. 
since a 7 0 win in Drogheda in 1984. Ah, the prof. Go on, give us the scores. We have Pat Bourne. We have Buckley, King, Campbell with a brace, Neville Steedman, Pat Bourne, and Liam O'Brien. What a team. Yeah. Absolutely spanking drugs. And the older heads who listen to this, they want me to add a little note to this. And before you go any further, probably yeah. if anybody was at that game, please, please comment on Twitter mm. or any of our Facebook or in, uh, social Instagram or social um, media platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Well, now one person loves this game, The Whack. The Whack just randomly brought up this game to me one day. Like, just apropos of nothing. You just started saying, I remember we beat Drada 7-0 and they paraded the League Cup trophy. They just won before their fans can you imagine the scenes and we bounced them 7 now. Yeah. so um, yeah it was actually our biggest win over Waterford in a long time as well biggest since we beat them 8-1 in 1963 and, and that would have been a decent Waterford team as well wouldn't it yeah they in were the 60s. they were um, well they kind of started dominating in the mid 60s but uh, that's still the last time we scored 8 goals in a competitive match actually that one in, in 63 hopefully we get to do it again this season it's looking like it because we are excellent and Waterford just appointed Frank Rocket as manager he was their interim boss On he was first team coach under Sheridan and Mike O'Connor he just signed for Ross County yeah so that's their captain gone their big influence in the dressing room is gone now so I wonder how he'll do there now yeah it'll be interesting alright so we'll move on now Prof and we have two defeats or Shamrock Rovers too, but the young hoops they were beaten 2 0 by Cam Tilly on Friday and a fr- and then they lost 3 2, virtue of a late penalty and draw. I actually took this game in myself. Brandon Cabin gave us an early lead and equalised it to make it 2 2 in the second half with a scissor kick, prof. It was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> and job. um yeah, they was really unlucky, but you know what? They play absolutely gorgeous football and they're entertaining, if anything. Like they're gung ho trying to play football constantly, and they just got cut out by a long ball, took a bounce. Player just kind of tangled with their striker Mark Doyle who got the got his hat trick in the end and it was just heartbreaking and unfortunate. But I can see that this team would not be too disheartened from losing games all the time because if like the likes of Aiden Price, like the whole management team wrote, I think McPhail was out there, Gartland was out there, Cronin was out there, uh, Bradzer, everybody all out having a look. So that's the support that you have in the stand. Mm. You're playing really, really mm. well. You're outplaying teams, but you're losing. I wouldn't get too disheartened over this, and I think they're gonna that's gonna filter down from the management. Mm. And they're going to realise, okay, well, we're losing, but we're playing fantastic football with a good chance of getting into this first team. So They might be dispirited over the fact that they've been hit by leg goals a few times. The leg goals are the killer, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been costly. But, um, yeah, 100 people allowed in that game. Ray Williams was there. He said, like, even 100 people, that makes a difference to a game. Like, yeah. it, can Shell, even, yeah. it can even influence the ref or whatever, like... By the way, we didn't mention, uh, can someone check if Paul McLaughlin is okay? I don't because know. he gave us everything. Everything. In that game. Absolutely everything. Not, <laughs> I couldn't believe it was even him. But that's how that happens, doesn't it? Swings and roundabouts. Yeah. You get a couple of bad performances and then they give you everything in another. So that's five goals f- for Brandon Cavanagh this season. Uh, two behind Gary Shager. The Shaws are. Bray. What a man. Friend of the show. You might and get those 20 goals eventually. I'll get those 20 goals, I'll get them, and I'll be demanding me 50 quid. Dino started this one too, actually. 24 hours after his first senior goal. Yeah, I think we're well able for it as well. But we'll move on to the cup, Prof. Our cup, we drew Finn Harps away in the cup. So that is playing the weekend, November 15th. So maybe uh, something, a little trip we can look forward to, hopefully, because our potential other trip to Finn Harps, 
possibly been scuppered with Donegal moving into a level three and us being in level three and just general yeah. messiness and the the logistics of it and everything else is just a nightmare. It's just it's it's brutal. So move on to uh, Uncle Desi, Uncle Dermo's interview and uh, yeah, interesting the, enough, wasn't it? I have the quotes here actually. Yeah, he was um he used to sell mash programs in the late nineteen fifties and nineteen sixties uh, at Milldale. And uh, so he said the following, he said, It appealed to me to invest in the club because after they went into a major decline, they were rescued by their supporters. They built a whole new model, stadium, new training ground, underage teams, developing a youth policy. They're trying to keep their young players at home and allow them to finish their education. I like that a lot. They have a very good chief executive, young chief executive in there called Brendan Murray, who really impressed me. I decided to invest on certain terms. And they have the same jersey as Celtic, so no confusion. Fuck Celtic, by the way. <laughs> uh, and he of says, course, Celtic. Yeah, and he says, with Brexit, it could be good if Rowers develop some young players. We could trial them and vice versa. Uh, we could conversely send some of our players on loan, cooperation, nothing formal. And... It's great to see he's still commenting yeah, on us though. That's it, yeah. He's still, we're still yeah. in his mind, so it's not just give him the money and forget about it. He actually he's still actively involved and mm. seems to know a bit about it. I'm pretty sure that's the first time he's spoken publicly about it, isn't he? Mm. Since his investment. He's been in the news um, lately as well, talking about yeah. housing and public housing and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of people have speculated on what his motives are. But mm. it's interesting to find, find to hear him speak about it. <clears throat> so, uh, great stuff from Dermo. Uncle Desi and... Um, couple of interesting links as well to Sam Beneprof, winner of the Tour de France. And he won, uh, he sprinted home. It was actually epic stuff in fairness. I watched a little bit of it. And his father, Mick Bennett, played and scored at Milltown as a guest player in Shea Brennan's testimonial for his Man United in 86. So that is your connection as well. Mm-hmm. Plus we have, of course, uh, Lee Grace, our current player, who was good pals with him and cycled with him when they grew up. Yeah, they used to be pals and they'd cycle around Carrick when they were about 10 or 11. So that's that's the two links to Sam Bennett there. That's it. Big Gav as well, friend of the show, Gav Bazunu, had a stormer for Rochdale at the weekend. I'm selecting the League One team of the week and one of his saves was absolutely stunning towards the end. I think it was Stephen Dooley who might have had the shot, but it was one of these reaction saves in the middle of the box and he shouldn't have saved it. Like it, it, was, yeah. it didn't make sense. I saw that clip. It was, it was stunning. Brilliant. Brilliant stuff. And uh, of course, we're going to move on now, Prof, to one of the most controversial talking points in the history of Irish football. And it is champagne football, which is a slap in the mouth for Irish football. It's absolutely stunning. Um, Have you finished yet? Go, just go out and buy it. Just go out and buy it. I won't say how I read it initially, but I did buy it. That was my next question, Gar. I did. How are you reading I did it, buy it. I did buy it because <laughs> I was always going to buy it. I ended up going out to Easton's and I have a certain me. clip lined up here in case you answered this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Shame. <laughs> Play it anyway. Play it anyway for all the ones who didn't buy it. Yeah. Shame. 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 But I just, it's going to knock your socks off. I'm not even going to talk about it. Go out and buy it and support the guy because it is fucking amazing. The neck of this guy. <laughs> just go out and buy it. 
Yeah, there was a piece in the Irish Times today with uh, Ruth Fahey that was quite interesting she lost her job with the FBI over that's a fascinating si- si- section on it as well over criticising uh, their treatment of the women's international I wouldn't team. even say she lost I think she resigned well she was called in and they said you're suspended and she said no I resigned she had her letter ready so yeah, yeah. listen we're talking too but, much uh, anyway go out and buy it it's absolutely breathtaking stuff It's it's actually very very hard to put down very hard to put down I'm getting given out to while I'm eating over the dinner table and everything so <laughs> it's brilliant stuff so next we're going to move on to the underage results in the Roadstone project and it is the under 13s Wexford uh, they were out there was it? it was out in Wexford and it was a 5-1 win we had a Marshall Hattrick with Keane and Oluwabi and they are on the score sheet and then we move on to the Graham Gartland's 15s who beat Rovers or beat Bray 5-0 at home so we had Firazaj, Moran, Tanzi and Barrett getting the goals I'm guessing that is Graham Barrett's young man banging them in on their 17s we had Rovers losing 2-0 at home to Galway which was a surprise to be fair mm-hmm. and then the under 17 ladies win an 8-2 win at home to Atlone with Stapleton Gorzitska Casey Thompson and O'Mahony bagging the goals. I think Stapleton has scored in every game so far. Stapleton is banging them in, yeah. And we got 19s as well, who came from 2-0 down, I believe, Prof. I can neither confirm think, nor deny. I think they did. <laughs> and it was uh, Talon and Brzezowski who banged them in to get the draw. So, Rovers Academy player as well. Edwin Agbage, Agbaji, um I'm not sure what the pronunciation is, but he has gone and joined Ipswich Town. He's Northern International and he was with our 15 to 17. So good luck to him and heading over across the water. And a big prospect. So he think he joins another eight players at Ipswich Town now. Alan Judge being one of them, a few more. So good luck to young Ed. But now we're moving on to the best part of the show, Prof. Is where I embarrass myself every week. It's starting 11s and predictions. Okay, so starting levels and predictions totally in the dark here. Prof, we can't. It's actually a tough one. This is actually a tough one. I just realised who we're playing. So we've Manus and Gaul, obviously Pico. We don't know if Pico's going to be. Oh God. Scales are, scales are Joey. That's the, that's, the, that's the thing, isn't it? Pico, Grace, and Joey. I want that bit of experience there. And um, Considering Scales came on in, in Dundalk before and had a stormer, am I right? That's right. Yeah, so we're going to go with that. We're going to go with Joey there for a bit of experience. We're going to go... Danny's out, so... Cabo. Do we start Cabo? Mm, interesting. Is Farouge you get the game because of the I'm confidence? Do you know what? I'm going to play I'm going to play Farouge because he's confident. I'm going to give Cabo's first start the following game home to Sligo. Yeah. I think dropping him now, dropping Farouge now will crush him. So play Farouge on the left, Finner on the right. Now the big thing is, do we drop? Who do we drop? Does what stay in the team? Considering he's been playing well, we can't drop Jack McInnes been playing well. Gary O'Neill, Gary O'Neill or Watts? I see you've entered the cloud. I've entered the cloud. Yeah, it has to be Gary O'Neill to play against these because we need that bit of steel at the back. He was even biting at the Milan players early yeah, on. Do you yeah, that? yeah, he was, and so we're gonna have to keep him in there. And then obviously Greener and Borky. So that's my starting eleven, and I'm. I'm going to go with a late 1-0 win. Greener, to bang it in, of course, because he's the farm man, the farm striker, and a late win. With no fans, unfortunately, but that's what I'm going to predict this time around, Prof. Well, they're allowed 100 fans in, actually. Yeah, but they'll be done dark, won't they? Mm. I'm waiting on the allocation to get sent over. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your your yeah. what's your prediction? Yeah, I like your starting 11 there, so I'm going to I'm gonna go with that as well. 
And I'm going to say a 2 1 win. Oh, Prof, who's getting the goals? Goals. Greener, again, to keep up his, his goal scoring streak. Greener. And I'm going to say McAniff because he hasn't scored in a yes, while. Yes, he hasn't, and it's been a while. So that's the starting levels and predictions. And we'll move on to which is the, the buzzword at the minute, Prof. And the buzz saying is that it's not a real title. Even, Asterix. Even someone at work said that to me. Not real. It's not real. Trying to wind me up. like It's not real. Oh, well, listen. Little did he realise that like we love this. This will be celebrated even more than a regular one. <laughs> and I know I'm going to take stick for this considering my stance on the Celtic situation, which I don't even know why I'm bringing up again. But uh, I think, what, what was it? I think I may have said something along the lines of I just won't feel the same at one stage. But I genuinely just wanted to fucking annoy Celtic fans in the group <laughs> because it was easily yeah. a Jesus day boy. But I think it's the last, I've learned that and I'm not going to do it again. But yeah. yeah. Um, the the Asterix merchants are out in forest. Oh, that's great, isn't it? You'd love to see it. Pat Hoban is the king. Yeah. The LOI News and Bander Page is providing great entertainment yeah, in really recent weeks. And I just I love the bitterness. Like it's just, it's just it's growing more than more now because we're so close to being back on up on our perch. I know. I even got I think Gar Brennan, one of the lads even said it. He says check out the Facebook pages and that and they're just great. Mm. Just great reading. You get a bit of fun out of it like. Here's a crazy fact. If we beat Dundalk, we're 18 points ahead of them. 18 points ahead. That is crazy. Crazy. Mind that gap. The lads in the group are all doing their permutations. Like, do we need three wins or do we need I know, yeah. 10 points? The goal difference is practically worth a point in itself. Pretty much, yeah. Because we did single out this fixture. Mm. This is a fixture we did single out where we say this could push us over the line. So, um, I mean... Th- <laughs> Three wins, though. I'm not even looking at it like that. You've all people talking about this. Uh, but I'm not saying which games we're going to get the wins in. I'm just saying three wins. Three wins out of six. Three wins going into Shelburne the last day, <sighs> even. It's, it would be all right then. I can't even talk about this. I can't even do it. <laughs> yeah. So, at, by the way, at the under end of the table, Cork versus Funarps. That will be the six-pointer of all six-pointers. Yes. Definitely going to take that one in. Um, where's that is that Finn Harps or is that in Turner's Cross I think it's in Turner's oh, hopefully it's in Harps hopefully it's up there I'd like to see imagine Cork went down that they they do a shells they won't come back up for years did you hear um, Cummins and NY Weekly saying imagine like a Galway versus Cork playoff oh man Caulfield relegating them imagine be epic wouldn't it I thought it was quite funny that um, when Caulfield came in they were really kind of saying ah they're too far off the playoffs he's doing a great job isn't he but like that league, it's also tight. It's extremely tight. It's actually it's ridiculous. Rovers yeah. and Athlone are the only ones who can't go up. Yeah. There's 10 in the league. Plus, it it, plus if Rovers come fifth, then the sixth place team get a playoff. So, I mean, like everyone's involved, really. Yeah, it is. It's it's nuts. Can't write off anyone. It does, yeah. It, keep, it keeps the, the fire lit, doesn't it? But we'll move on to some bad news now on Dundalk Shore Pain result. Um, they got through, but they skinned their teeth on penos against... Uh, a load of fucking dopes who wouldn't get a game for the Ivy. Let's be honest. <laughs> Jesus Christ, some of them are dirt. What we, a load of mercenaries. We were led to believe this was a good team. They had won 10 out of 10 in their league so far. They have group stage pedigree, I think, did they? Yeah, a load of mercenaries living in a place that doesn't exist. And, oh, man. Well, we'll take the positives. Gannon got injured and they... <laughs> 
and they got taken the extra time so they might be tired absolutely knackered on Sunday hopefully yeah. hopefully that's the case but uh, the, and the, some more good news is we'll be on RT twice in five days so we are on the box on Sunday Kickoff is what time prof uh, the Friday one is 7.45 is it no Friday is the Sligo game isn't it yeah so Dundalk I think it's in around 7 o'clock but check double mm. check because I am known prone to mistakes mm. But yeah, so, so that's uh, you don't have to stream because sometimes the stream can be a little bit laggy if you're trying to cast it to your, to your TV and it's RT and as as little as they do for us for broadcasting the games. This is now the only time I'm happy we're on RT because there's no we're not making money anyway from the gates. We're not making money from RT, but it doesn't take away from our gate this time true, around. Yeah, so yeah. it's good to have. It's good to have on, on RT this time around. It's still I still can't get over how nuts it is that. Dundalk are about to play a team from the Fair Islands. Oh, to get you to the group stages. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like now they won 6-1. They they spanked Dynamo Tbilisi. Clashvik, uh, they spanked them 6-1. So there's a bit of form there. You and know you know when like the Champions League comes around and there's like there's a preliminary around yeah. involving four clubs and it's always like Linfield, a team from the Faroes, uh what's the new What's the new nation? Kosovo, because they don't have any co- coefficients. Yeah. And then, whoever, Gibraltar or something like that. That's the sort of round you normally play teams from the Faroes. They're about to play a Faroes team in the playoff round. <laughs> for a <laughs> oh, shot man. at the group stages. If it was us, people would be giving it socks. Oh, fix, fix. The Rovers get the good, the good draw. That, that is some run. Again. It is, yeah. I'll give them that. So... Hopefully they are hung over to bits on Sunday and we spanked them up in Oriel. And um, yeah, so that's it. Yeah, Wednesday, yeah, that's yesterday as we record this, by the way, that, that marked one whole year that we were unbeaten domestically. Domestically unbeaten for a whole yeah. year. And what our last defeat that? was, of course, where was it, Gar? Our last defeat was, uh, as in, in the league? In the in in Oriel Park? It was, yeah, 3-2. Oh. In a hundinger yeah. of a game, a slobber knocker, as they say. Did you watch see the clip of the Celtic game in Riga with the fans up on top of the double decker? No, no, they had fans on on top of an open deck, like. Yeah, there was two buses parked outside, and Celtic or Riga fans. I think it was Riga. I'm not sure. Either way, it's pretty but cool, the, isn't it? But the wall was so low that like that they actually had a pretty good view. So they had the whole double deckers all yeah. all booked out. Brilliant. Yeah, and there's a Super Cup match. Um, that's tonight, is it? The Super Cup was tonight. It was. It was Sevilla, and we yeah. didn't get a score. Far too busy here in uh, Tifty's Towers. Yeah, but interestingly, the ground will be thirty percent capacity. So that's kind of like the first real football test of the COVID age, I suppose yeah. you could say, isn't it? Yeah, we spoke about uh, Dortmund yeah. as well, and um, the Totally Football podcast. They in the European roundup, they were speaking, and they said nine thousand three hundred fans we're in the Signal Iduna Stadium at Dortmund so you've got it's starting to happen so hopefully eventually we can start getting fans in someone stuck in the clip was celebrating the goal in, in Sligo in March <sighs> it was like the last time we celebrated as a crowd killer wasn't it yeah just really stung didn't it some of us wearing biter suits that night that yeah. was tongue in cheek initially <laughs> I know because I'd got a hold of them from Drinna one, one of the lads I can't remember his name now but he gave us 30 of them and gave us 30 masks a big tricolour I said to myself, ah, oh, yeah, sure, this will be over in no time. You know, it's Rovers, we'll be a bit tongue-in-cheek, you know, it'll be a bit cheeky. Jesus, little did we know what was to come. Now you're looking back and you're thinking, it's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, members, all 400 plus of us, uh, we can still collect our Milan posters from the club shop and we got ours, so they are cracking, cracking posters and a really, really nice design and you'll keep it forever on your wall, so definitely go and collect yours if it's there for all you members. And of course, the club shop will be open regularly 12 till 3 every Saturday from now on. 30% off, prof, on some of the training range and Umbro gear, so get yourself down there. And we are still running our golden goal so anyone out there who wants a little bit of a hand trying to not even that just if you want to make the games a little bit more interesting now what you're what we're doing is we're collecting a fiver from everybody in the group and then we set out groups of time slots that you can win your game so for instance 20 of us you divide that into 90 minutes plus 45 plus stoppage at the first and stoppage in the second half and then you get maybe four slots so for instance last week prof you got like three minute three minute 15 minute 45 minute 90 and you have four chances to win the pot and it's all a rovers voucher so you so i'm organizing so i buy the rovers voucher with however however much is left in it so let's say i think we had 200 one week because it was a rollover winner pays a fiver but they get 200 quid into it it's it's a really good idea so if you have a big enough whatsapp group there do it because it it makes it interesting and the winner gets a rovers it's a win-win isn't it it's a win-win yeah rovers win we win it's all good and it makes it a little bit interesting as well plus nobody have you noticed that nobody actually claims it because they're too enveloped in the match. Nobody's claimed it yet. I'm, I'm the one looking up going, okay, you won, yeah. staff, or you won, Tommy. Well, what happens to me is the goal goes in and I do think of it. I'm like, what was my minute? Yeah. And by then, like, 400 messages have gone. I was like, oh, I can't find <sighs> it. I'll check it another time, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's it for this week, Prof. A um, very, very enjoyable week following Rovers. And, listen, hopefully we move on and we go out to this dump on Sunday and we absolutely trash them with our European hangover. So that is it for this week and we hope to see you soon. So keep on hooping. See ya. Somebody.